Motown Rundown, thanks for joining us. I need to get something out of the way. First of all, it's April 15th, Friday, April 15th. I need to get something out of the way real quick because this episode could be chaos on my end. I usually record in my basement, but tonight's one of those nights where like my little brother's on the Xbox down there and him and his buddies are having a good old time and he's screaming and cussing and whatnot. So I can't go down there. So inevitably, one of three things are going to happen at some point during this podcast. And can I guess one of them? Of, you can, can I guess one of guess them? one of them. Yeah. The dogs are going to come in. Okay. So one of them is, yeah, the dogs are going to start barking and you guys will hear that. Um, number two is my dad is going to come down here and have complete disregard for the fact that I'm recording a podcast and tell me to quiet down. And three is my mom, bless her soul, is going to walk in and and look at look at the fact that I have headphones on and there's a podcast mic and a laptop in front of me and it's 11 o'clock at night. And somehow none of those three things are going to register in her brain of maybe I shouldn't come in the room right now because he might be doing something and she'll come in and start talking and we'll have to edit the podcast and it will be a mess. So there could be a potential move. If I, if I can gauge when my brother's getting off the Xbox, there could be a move downstairs, but I want to get that out right now because the episode could be chaos. I can't, I have no judge of how loud or quiet I'm talking. And I just think it's good. I think it's bad. Like I know that I popped one, your phone off no you're fine i i just remember the last time you did a podcast in this room it's a it's a beautiful room by the way whoever Thank decorated you. that room needs needs a raise <laughs> um room. yeah you we were talking about uh golf it was in the summer and you you had the cart girl asking you how do we feel about shots on about yeah oh my god i remember that <laughs> yeah and I remember you were you were in that room. I don't know the backdrop. I feel good about the shots. Memory. I feel good about the shots now. It's been a lonely winter, um, but I digress. Thank you for the compliments on the room. I will pass that along to my mother. This is like, hey, we're fighting the battle here. I'm approaching two years out of school. The, the the savings account is going up and up and up and up, and it's about time to get out, get the move on here. Purchase. We're gonna purchase some land. Is that what you're trying? Dude, buying a house right now is not great, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty pretty terrible time to do anything with money besides just put it in your pocket. Yeah. I What's it called? Not going to be – we're not like HGTV, like podcast network. So going for more open concept. Estate. We're not going to talk about the real estate market, but not a great time to buy a house. Are either of you guys into any of this crypto or NFT stuff? No, not dude. at all. I'm I have so, no I, idea. I'm, I am. I am so out of touch with it. The only thing that <laughs> kept me in is like apparently Ozzy Osbourne is doing a big thing with it, and I love Ozzy. Oh, that's I'm sure, what keeps I, you in it. I'm sure his brain's <laughs> in the right spot to to be given good that's sound the advice on that this kind of stuff. Trent in it in 2022, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. That guy. Just his brain is a bowl of tapioca pudding. If I can get 10 seconds to defend myself, it's just yeah. he had he had a very nice put together post about nfts and i was like okay i'll actually i guess indulge in this whatsoever it i just don't i i'm not in tune with it yeah now. i'm sure he's the one posting his social media stuff can i tell a quick this is this is my yeah. thing this is we haven't talked about nfts and crypto on here we probably should get on the boat let's do but, it so my quick nah. my my quick story on this and like the reason why i'm a little bit nervous about this and kind of want to get one of those like crypto for dummies books so back when bitcoin was going up and up and up like a couple of years ago when we were, when I was in school still, someone had told me to get on the Bitcoin train and I was like, okay, cool. Threw, threw a couple units in there, like a couple, several, many units in there. We won't discuss specifics uh, to not, uh, to avoid SEC violations, but I threw, there's none of those by the way. 
There are none oh, of them. Whatever. But it, but I was on I was on a good part of the swing because it went up and like I think at 20 grand is where it hit like the max and I was I was in it and I was feeling good. And then sure enough, it absolutely tanked. And so I was sitting there thinking, like, I don't even know what Bitcoin is. So that kind of made me nervous that I didn't know what it was and I was invested in it. So when I got back to even, I pulled it out. And now it's like literally thirty or forty thousand dollars higher than I don't know what it is now, but it increased. I was about like to say, tenfold. didn't it go? Ju- it just went up, right? Well, I, I'm out of it, but that's why I'm like this NFT and crypto thing, like as stupid as it sounds to me on the surface. And I think it's all like playing with like Minecraft money. Clearly, there's something behind it because all you like a shack, shacks like in the like NFT, Ozzy Osbourne, whose brain is like melted cheese in the microwave, cheesy roll up Taco Bell, 2 a.m. Ozzy Osbourne, then I'm not. Menu. Right now, I've been off the fast food all of Lent, so I don't know what's. I'm not in touch with. How did we get? We went to crypto from to Taco Bell from crypto. Well, you met, you I'm afraid to miss. I'm afraid to miss up. the boat. I need to get on the crypto and NFT game. I'm coming for you because I'm not letting this happen to me again. Anyway, well, Taco you Bell. mentioned the cheesy roll up. I don't know what's going on with T Bell's menu, but I've never seen in a year and a half span the top to bottom changes in the menu. I've just not been a fan. Wholesale, of wholesale changes. It's just like, okay, they changed their value menu. They got rid of like the some of the $1 things that I liked. And then they bring in the chicken chipotle melt. And I'm like, okay, this I is forgot, a great- I, I, I forgot that. Never says, yeah, he can't. I, I, I completely forgot that. He's, he's very chipotle aware of what he's doing. He knowingly says it wrong, but it's he just- He says it like knows. Sebastian Maniscalco. That's how I say it. Um, <laughs> point blank. Um, but they put it on the menu. Fantastic. They take it off the dollar menu, whatever. I'll try the new thing that like is like the chicken thing. I was like, maybe it'll be the same. It's like a chicken bacon ranch thing with like terrible ranch. I'm like, mm. I don't know what we're doing. And then they had the grilled cheese steak burrito on the menu for a little bit, which was fantastic. They take It'll it put off you in the, the hospital. I, I, that coated in cheese, the burrito, the outside of the burrito soaked in a layer of cheese. Yeah, it's great. Like right to it's, the hospital. Yeah. I, I really, I, <laughs> the pro and by the way, yeah. The T-Bell by my house, I swear to God, they're just, every time I order a chicken quesadilla, they just give me cheese. And I'm just irate every time I get home and I'm just like, what is this? But I don't know. I'm not a fan of Taco Bell's wholesale changes on the menu. And everyone who's listening is going to be like, bring back the grillers. I know. I'm not in charge of Taco Bell, but they should have. Dude, the, the grillers were like, that was prime. I mean, that was a no brainer. I used to go to Taco Bell after school. Some of my buddies in high school. And that was always the move. Like you find some loose change underneath the seat for a dollar. You throw the, throw some grillers down. That was where it was yeah. at. Great deal. Great deal. If we talked about the fact that the uh, Taco Bell in East Lansing has gone. Dude, I, I think we talked, mentioned it, but I think we a lot did. of great yeah. memories in that place for me. You guys got out right on time. You guys got out at the. What are you talking about Trent? My whole senior year was in quarantine. And his birthday. I know, but listen, the repercussions of quarantine and COVID itself have become things like that shit like that, where it's like Taco Bell isn't open or the McDonald's on grand river now closes at midnight instead of oh, being open. God. You know, you know what I mean? It kills a lot of people it's, in Cedar village. Oh, Rabs. It's bad. It's it, it is Dude, Cedar it is, village rent should be lower. If that, if that McDonald's is not open no, 24 for sure. hours a day, the rent should be lower. Yeah. But the thing about it, Rabs, I think this is from my personal experience living there for two years. 
I think that that McDonald's is more of a breakfast spot than a dinner, like a late night. Spot. Oh, I would. I used to stop there on the way to the Green and White Report several mornings. That was no, that but was like it's a like a Sunday morning. Like I don't feel well. I need like a McGriddle. Like yeah. now, yes, I don't disagree. That it's a. I mean, it got that, crazy in that McDonald's at times. Oh, did they have a, they had a security guard there at all yeah. times. <laughs> it was out of control. The uh. video. The video of that white girl trying to kiss that black guy yes, in the McDonald's yeah. is yeah. to this day one of the funniest videos I've ever seen at Michigan State. I saw uh, uh, Josh Langford at, at McDonald's one time. That's a great McDonald's. Have you ever sat up top? No, it's always closed. Or so they say. I, it's always I, I, I've off. sat up top a couple times. It's a special moment. <laughs> That's awesome. I miss college. I'm, I'm, I told you guys this pre-show, but I'm, my little brother, it's time for him to start picking up i mean the time for looking at colleges is over they got to throw a deposit down in like a two weeks so i'm taking him up to state tomorrow that's the plan until he backs out at the last minute because he doesn't want to go but if zach's listening if if, if, if zach rabinowitz is listening to this go green he's not he's not i promise you he's not (laughs) (laughs) but um what so before we move on to uh the sport for today i'm taking him to east lansing i'm showing him around campus so the tricky thing is there's no tours available for him. So I'm going to have to essentially be the tour guide. So if you can, if you could pick out of your head, like a handful of spots to get out of the car and walk around, I figured I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to drive past, like I'll probably drive, I'll drive right past East campus because I lived in East Holmes for the first year and not much to see there. But I think when we get to around like case and the football and the spring game Saturday too. So I'll probably walk them around there. I probably walk them into Wells hall, walk them into the business school is stuff open? Do I have to wear a mask? Can I eat in the calf? What's uh, no, I think no. It, it, no masks unless you're in a classroom. Really? Are you sure about that? I go to school there. Yes, I am sure. <laughs> um, so, so if I walk into the if I walk into the business school, I don't have to wear a mask unless I'm going into a classroom. So. No, correct. Yes, you don't. You do not need to wear a mask unless you are in a classroom. Can with I can, lecturing. can I eat now and the, at the calf, or is it like a take to go to go type deal like it used to be? Haven't been to the oh, calf in over a year. I, I, I don't know. I've been to the cafe since the pandemic. You can eat there. Okay. You definitely should take your brother to Brody Calf. Yeah, I, I try. Yeah. Yep. Let him crush. No, it's you. just like one of those things you're like, dude. Yeah, you wait till you see this. Yeah, like this is pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah. Okay, Brody Calf. I'm trying down. to think. Since well, look, if you if you go to that like like south central part of campus you obviously you get you can hit the sparty statue you can show them on field you can show them you know all the all those like quick easy spots that are library library yes there's the red cedar rippers there you've got everything right there there's gonna be a decent amount of people up there rab so i think it's not i think michigan michigan state are playing the baseball which i mean who cares michigan state baseball lost by by like 15 tonight (laughs) yeah yeah, what fire time, Jake what, Boss? The guy's a bum. Um, what time? What time is that spring game? Does anyone know? I think it starts at two. Oh, uh, it could be trouble. We're gonna be yeah. Uh, we'll be getting up there. I, on the I don't think you'll have problems with traffic, but I'm just saying he, you might not be able to get out and walk around Spartan Stadium. I'm gonna take him to Crunch. He's been to Crunchies, but I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna have to eat wings at Crunchies before I go home. Yeah, that might be tough. Um, I'm trying to. The problem is like. I don't know how much you take someone when you're, especially when you're deciding where you want to go, like freshman year, and you want to figure out like the lay of the land. Just going to school at a place like Michigan State, it's completely different from freshman year to like senior year and junior. Like every year is like a little bit different. Um, 
I definitely would be like, hey, dude, here's Cedar Village. This place is pretty sick. Like, <laughs> yeah. some, like you're like, gonna want a piece of this at some point. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna get up here, you're gonna be in your dorm for a month, and you're like, where should I live next year? Here. Yeah, you got to do a tour at Cedar Village, at least one. No, you just have to walk in and say, hey, if, if Michigan State goes to the Final Four in any sport next year, there will be couches burning here, and it's a riot. Like, yeah. a legit riot. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. Okay, cool. Trent, any I don't even – that's such a – I don't know. I was so brainwashed that I just wanted to go there. Yeah. See, the thing – So, it's, it's – I like I've the done tours. tours for people – like who have asked me because they know how psycho I am about the campus. Yeah. And literally Rabs, everything I'd said on both the times I took people on tours there, I just would like do calf statistics. I was like, <laughs> that's a good calf. Look out for their like good pizza yeah. there at like lunch. Yeah. I could just look see out Collins. for Wendy working the breakfast counter at Brody on uh, Tuesdays. Like that's how I kind of did the it. Ryan, the Ryan Collins tour is basically just like, he's, he's starting to talk. He's like, yeah, this is Wells Hall over here. Like you just got to come here, man. It's a great school. Like you just got to trust me. You got to come here. Like that's, that's the Ryan Collins tour. Like, no, I, I'll just tell like anecdotes about myself that have nothing to do. It's like, so yeah, back in 13, we were tailgating here. <laughs> he said, you weren't even going here yet. He was like, Hey, d- just hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> Trent, any suggestions? Uh, not, a, uh, no, Collins kind of nailed them all. I would say if anything, just, just for fun, what, what is Zach going into? Like, what's his uh, dude? It's a, come on. That's a tough question. Okay, I have no idea. Well, I, I I, if you can, I would show him the impact just for the hell. Yeah, of that'd be cool. That's, that's I, I don't know if I can get in there though, but that's where you, I'll give you my ID. I'll meet you in Howell tomorrow. Like we did that one time when I had to pick yeah. up. And I had to get your physical Michigan State football ticket. Yeah, I will not be doing the physical tickets again. <laughs> I got to re-up my season tickets. I will not be doing physical tickets anymore. Right. There was... Well, I'm getting some tickets this year, Rabs. Really? Welcome to the Thunderdome. I mean, I've been in the Thunderdome, but <laughs> make sure, hey, make sure they give you your discount. No, I know. That's why I'm, I'm, me and my buddies are all doing it, who all graduated the last two years. That's sick. Where are you guys sitting? I don't know. 17. They haven't. What's it called? I don't think. Oh, they, that's right. Yeah, they don't open it. They haven't, up yet. they haven't opened them up for new ones yet. Yep, dude, that's the thing that's gonna suck. Is Trent's not gonna have a house up there yeah. for football season? Yeah, Rabs, your parking spot's gone. <laughs> we might have, have to buy a rental. We should go in and on a rental house together. Hey, no, listen. You know who's getting my house though? It's Hank. Hank is getting my house. So no kidding. So you guys could maybe. Well, last time, no offense to Hank, he kind of screwed us. That remember that one situation with the parking? Dude, that was a crazy. Was that Halloween? That was nuts. No, he didn't screw us. He just didn't know that all his other buddies had a bunch of people coming too. But hey, get get on, start start working, start working the phones. Get on the phone with Hank. I'll get on it. How about you just pay twenty dollars, right? It's not that bad. Collins. Kyle's been tailgating his whole life. He's like, hey, why don't you just pay $20? You get there it it's out. worth it if you get a good spot. It is worth it. I'll figure it. it out. I'll figure it out. But nonetheless, this is the Motown Rundown. We are here for Detroit sports. Uh, a couple things to do today. Uh, the Pistons season has wrapped up. We will talk about that first here on the show. We are also recording post-Tigers win against the Kansas, Kansas City Royals. Spencer Torkelson, two-run bomb on the seventh to put the Tigers wow. ahead two to one. Um, so we'll talk about the Tigers for the majority of the show. And I think we want to wrap with Lions. I will get back to the Red Wings talk probably at the end of the season. Um, I guess between the trade deadline and now, I mean, a couple, couple storylines, I suppose, like Michael Rasmussen's kind of turned it on. Um, they pick up, a. I, I can't think of the guy's name. It's going to kill that, me because I just was looking goalie. at him today. Yes, but he's hit phenomenal numbers in the KHL. I think it's a really smart pickup. 
I don't know what what his role is supposed to be if he's just going to. Well, be the Deltovich had forty nine saves last. Oh, he was night, trem- right? he was tremendous. He was tremendous. I just think it's kind of a flyer on a guy. Plus, I believe Calvin Picard is hurt right now, so that might be a pickup that you end up sending down to the AHL once they get into playoff time there. But I digress. No Red Wings today. We'll save it for the end of the season. A um, little bit of Lions at the end here. They just had that uh, Campus Marshes kickoff celebration or whatever, which I mean, two years out, I think is a bit of not like they literally had the countdown clock. It says like 734. Who knows where we're at in 734? Well, you days. know, it's just it's just Crazy. one of those deals where it gets announced and then they're going it, to. Yeah. It's like it's like when like stadiums break ground. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, stick a, they stick a shovel in some mulch. that's like yeah. not even close to the stadium. And they do it seven years before the place opens. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the governor's there. It was not mm-hmm. even going to be in office when the place is open. And like, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I understand. But we'll do Lions at the end, and then we'll wrap it up with a trifecta. Um, but first and foremost, as we said, uh, Pistons season is over. The team finishes in a, a astounding 14th place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, 23 and 59 was the record. Um, I, I am going to jump in on Pistons today. And I told you guys this before the show, and I'm going to make this declaration right now. I'm going to let you guys carry this per usual. I got into a, a very spirited debate in my group chat. I call it my group chat is is the group chat that I am in um, about the Pistons. I believe, I believe the comment I made, we always have these conversations as as any of us do have these conversations about what's, what team is next up, you know, who's, who's on the rise, whatever. And the Pistons came up and I think someone was saying like, Oh, what a, what a great time to be a Detroit sports fan because all these teams are kind of making the swing here and everyone's getting better. And I believe the comment I made was quote, the Pistons suck balls end quote. And that just caused a whole stir of controversy. And you don't watch the games. You say you don't watch the games. you never talk about the Pistons on the rundown. People might forget that I do actually work for Illich sports and entertainment. So I am factually <laughs> at many, 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 many of the Pistons games working. So I do watch the Pistons in spurts while I'm not, you know, working physically working. And at, at times I will granted. Yes. I do not watch the Pistons regularly, but I don't, I don't know if that necessarily disqualifies me. I just made that word up disqualifies me to talk about the Pistons and give my opinion. So I'll, I'll, I'll set the scene like you guys for this and I'll, I'll kind of explain where my position was and why I said what I said. So the Pistons won 23 games this year, Trent, how many games did they win last year? Do you know off the top of your head? Cause I think I know the number. No, I don't know. I you believe know. it was 20. I believe they won 20 games last year. So, so my whole position on this was maybe, maybe seeing the Pistons suck balls is disingenuous and crass. I apologize for the kids and ladies listening to the show, but the point being was that I understand the Pistons are in a rebuild. I understand that Stan Van Gundy sent this team back decades with how poorly he managed the team when he was here. I get all of that. I really do. I just think when you look at the other teams in this city, and maybe I'll exclude the Lions because we're not really sure like what the Lions are all about right now. They're going but, up though. They're going up. <laughs> but when you when you look at these other teams like the Red Wings and the Tigers, like they they have improved from last year to this year. And there's this like there's this relative improvement of the team. And my whole thing was I don't think the Pistons have a lot of depth. Granted, I don't think a lot of these depth bench pieces are going to be here. And I think that's part of the whole rebuild thing is finding those pieces that you can, you can, you can play into your bench. I know Kelly Olenek was a nice piece this year. I don't think they have a lot of depth. It troubles me when you have a coach in Dwayne Casey, who won coach of the year 
the year that he was fired or whatever went down there. It was supposed to be some unbelievable coach. You get the number one overall pick and you, you completely, completely hit on a guy that should win rookie of the year this year. You have year two of Sadiq Bay, of Isaiah Stewart, another year of Killian, all these things that should propel you and move you forward down the hill that you should be running downhill. And they win three more games from last year to this year. So to me, I understand there's other there's other things at play here. I understand they're still For rebuilding. Sure. So by me yeah. saying the Pistons suck balls doesn't – I'm not saying they should be this, like, monumentally great team. But you guys have talked about, like – oh, the, the Pistons are going to, you know, they'll, they'll compete for the eight seed next year. They'll be in the play-in. Is that really, like, is listen, that, that impressive? Listen, How, I'm, not I'm better. Gonna time, I'm so going to call okay, timeout. Rabs, Rabs, uh, TV, I'll, uh, you want me to go or you to go? I, I just wanted to call timeout on that. I You can go ahead. I just, I think the Pistons, the thing about the Pistons, last year getting the first pick kind of just accelerated, but for the first time in, like, 10 years, they finally decided to, blow it up they committed to the build yes and i think when you're talking about the wins and tigers is a little unfair to compare them and 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 to be fair rabs the your argument you're probably right you're saying i don't think the pistons are on that level over the wins and tigers might be and the wins are not on the tigers level either i correct i would agree with that yeah like the wins actually have to go out there and compete for a playoff side and people are like the Tigers have yet to do that. I understand that, but the Tigers have, I think this year are finally at the point where they're actually competing yeah, they took to win a games every day. They took like, a so, jump, not a step. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wait for that. I just think what you're arguing your buddies and, and what they're getting upset is, is Kate Cunningham is the best future like athlete in Detroit. I'm so, and I saw, we saw Torkelson tonight, whatever, but Kate is, the dude, if injuries and whatever don't play a part, he's like a guy you can finally build your life franchise around. And the Pistons haven't had a guy like this since Grant Hill. They really haven't. They have not had a guy of this caliber. in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I am. I get you're right, Rabs. They they did suck balls this year, but it also doesn't factor in the fact that they're gonna have another shot at a top five guy this year that they can get better with. You saw improvements from young guys like Sadiq and stuff like that. So they're in a different stage of the rebuild, but they are in this conversation of turning the corner because they have Cade. Well, here's the, here's the thing. And you, hit on, you hit on the most important pick you've had since what Darko. Yes. Yes. You hit on Cade and Collins. I think you nailed it. And Rabs, this is where I want to, I want to loop you back in because we all fucking love you. I think I think you have. You're welcome. I think we have. I think you have to keep the mind start to that statement. No, I no. I love you, but that was a terrible. No, listen. Yeah, it's the kiss of death. What Rabs has a tendency to do with the Pistons is, for one, let's keep in mind, Rabs hates the NBA. Rabs watch. Rabs is the lowest. uh, Rabs has the Pistons fourth on his totem pole in Detroit, which is fine. I'm not. I'm just saying, Rabs, you got. You got to keep in mind here that the Pistons' biggest weakness this year, which was, yes, winning 23 games, is also the Pistons' biggest strength, which is they will have top three odds in the NBA lottery. It works differently than the way the Tigers and the Wings, like I know the NHL is a lottery too, but what I'm saying is, you know, like Colin said, this was the first year 
that the Pistons actually committed to this rebuild. And what you have after this year, you've got a rookie in Cade Cunningham who's averaging 17, five and a half, and five and a half. Then you got Sadiq Bey who made the jump from 12 points per game to 16. You've got Marvin Bagley who averaged 15 points per game, which is the best since he was great. Year. He, he, he was he, great. That's, that and, was a great move. And Rabs, you were admittedly in on Bagley from the moment it happened. Yeah, so credit I to me. Thank there. you. I'm the first one that said that. Thank you. And Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, who, aside from field goal percentage, although he shoots 52% from his career, got better in every statistical category this season. So they made the jump. They actively tried to lose at the end, as they should have. They got a top three. Thank you, OKC, for winning that game. No kidding. OKC went on a two-game uh, win streak and, you know, won, won 24 games, Pistons stay at 23 and stay in the top three odds. Lottery still has to happen, of course, but no one can get mad at the Pistons at this point solely because they have top three odds. They have equal odds at number one pick, which you won last year. My thing is this. The Pistons are at a point where you do not need free agents this summer to get better. What you need is, I think you need to get the top three pick, which statistically they should be able to do. You got to re-sign Marvin Bagley, as Rab said, was a great pickup, and you need to move Jeremy Grant. And we can get into the nuances of that later and some other time, but his stock is as high as it's going to get at this point. It was higher, you know, probably a year ago around this time, but the Pistons didn't make the move. Neither here nor there. I think next year, the floor has to be 40 wins. Rabs, I agree with you. I think Dwayne Casey, you look at a guy like him, it's like, yeah, 41. And, and I, I dispute, I push back on some of the coach of the year stuff just because the reason he got fired despite winning coach of the year was he went a third straight year of not being able to beat LeBron James. And like, is that really his fault? I don't know. And, you know, people say, oh, the Raptors won the first year. Without. Yeah, they also got Kawhi Leonard and LeBron went to the West. So a lot going on there. I like Casey, but Rabs, I agree with you. If you don't make the play-in next year, which, by the way, the Charlotte Hornets made the play-in this season as the 10 seed with 43 wins in the Eastern Conference, if you do not make the play-in next season, I think Casey's gone. But that's the floor, as I mentioned. The Chicago Bulls are the sixth seed this season with 46 wins. I will get to all that shit later and, and, you know, a year from now when we're, you know, whatever, six months from now when we're predicting Pistons and all that. I say all that to say this. I think this year was a mild success. I think the team underachieved a little bit because I, of course, you. here's the thing. If we're going to judge the Pistons off what my expectations were, we're all screwed because my expectations were five seed, going to make yeah, it, uh, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> Kate. And you've got a guy in Cade who should win Rookie of the Year. He won't, and it's blasphemous, but whatever. My point is this. The Pistons did about what Vegas said they would do this year. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, Vegas knows what they're doing. Vegas always wins. The Vegas had the Pistons. Oh they had 24 and a half wins for the Pistons. The Pistons finished with 23. And, again, if we rewind the clocks, I look like an idiot because I'm sitting here saying that's blasphemous. The Pistons are going to win easily at least 30 games. And blah, 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 blah. Didn't happen. You didn't get so lucky. The core is there. The Pistons were actively trying to lose games second half of the year. So I think that has to be kept in mind. And that's all. That's really all my Pistons wrap up. I was proud of the way the team finished the season four and six in the last 10. I, I just, I don't know. You still, you, you're able to do that and still hang on to top three odds. I, I'd like to get Collins in the mix, but I am ultimately cool with where the Pistons are at. I think they're ahead of the curve in terms of next year. And the biggest reason for that is Cade Cunningham. And that, that that's all. That's Cade's 
if you watch the Pistons this year and you watch Cade, the numbers are not like he he had great numbers, but it's not like out of control and stuff like that. So when people be like, "Oh, he's this generation," you just had to watch him. He's just one of those guys, special dude. Um, I really think though this offseason and the last like five or six off seasons have been really interesting with the Pistons because Weaver in his closing press conference basically said, we're going to be aggressive with our money, which I'm assuming that means they're going to throw an offer sheet at DeAndre Aiden, which no. I would love. I, 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 I'm assuming unless Phoenix is a bunch of idiots, they'll match. But I, I watch the, I think the Pistons are going to try and throw an offer sheet to him. Um, there's been rumors about Miles Bridges. I don't necessarily like that fit. Yeah, he wants the, the max. He wants the max. Well, for them to get him, they would probably have to do that, which I don't want. I'm not comfortable doing that. I don't. I just don't think he's a great fit with Cade either. No, he I agree. Like, oh, him throwing lob. Cade throwing lobs in. Cade's not really that type of like passer. Like he, yeah. he's just. I don't know. He he moves the ball and stuff like that. He's not like a guy like Lamelo who. Is like has unbelievable vision at all times. You know what I mean? And finds you in different spots. So I think Miles is better off staying in Charlotte. So I'm curious to see what they do. I I honestly don't think they're gonna trade Jeremy Grant. I don't. Well, I don't necessarily I think, think they, they should. Too. I, I I'm yeah. in your camp. I just the Tealies and what they're gonna do. I, I could see them trying to sign a decent bid. They need a bid. Point blank, it doesn't matter if you get a dra- one in the draft or get another one free agency. They need a uh, frontline help. Yes, and they we got will, absolutely we have... abused on the front line the entire year. So that is the number one goal during the offseason. Cade Cunningham. I, I, I think the one thing too with Cade that's kind of overshadowed. Sadiq Bay had a really nice year this year. He did. He did. Yes, he did. He dropped fifty. Uh, he he. Like I said, he raises scoring average by four points. That he's is, another eye test guy too. Yes, that's and the jump you want to take in year two. And he's not like a number two, and and his game doesn't suit to be a number two. He's the perfect like third fiddle. And if you get a guy in the top three who's able to go and like you get a Paula, you get a Chet, you get whatever, and we're gonna discuss who would you like later on. Because we've been able to watch all these guys, as all these top prospects had really nice college seasons. It's just, you, I, I'm, I get where Rabs is coming back, like getting back Rabs in the midst. Like I do think they're on a lower level than what the wins are. Because guess what, the wins I think are in the mode this summer to spend money to compete. I don't think the I, I think the Pistons are in mode to spend money to build. Like, they're still building. I think the wings are at the point where it's like, fuck this. Here yeah, we go. No, the wings, like, the it's wings about, are – It's about time that we do something. Like, I could – I don't know who is in the goalie market this year, but I could see the wings going on free agent and trying to, like, get another goalie or something like that. Or I, not a goal. You know what I'm saying, Ravs. It's like someone to sure up that bat line. So another goal store, another proven guy. I don't see the – I just see the Pistons throwing a ton of money at a young guy that they think they could build around. I, it's just different stages of the rebuild. I think they're both have very, very positive outlooks because you have cornerstone pieces on all three with the Tigers, Red Wings, and that. Like the Lions, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if Thibodeau is going to be a cornerstone. We don't know whoever they draft is going to be a cornerstone. So I think those three teams, they're in different stages of the rebuilds. And I think the Tigers are out of their rebuilds, but 
they're all in good places in the fact that they have cornerstone pieces. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I don't want to discount the value of, of Cade Cunningham. I, and I don't mean to just completely reiterate what I said, but it was, I, I did think it was a bit unnecessary for me to get dragged the way I was with this, with this group. I, you when, know what, when, Rabs, when the I, Wings, I, Rabs, I'll back you on that. Cause you know, it, it, the NBA is such a unique situation and obviously, yes, you do work the fucking Pistons games. Well, I mean, but even, you know, even like I, I, again, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't necessarily care for the NBA. I still, when it's the NBA finals, I watch the games. I watch almost every game. I'm not going to sit here and watch the, the Mavericks play the jazz at 10 o'clock at night. Is it, is it still, are we still a Phoenix Suns podcast? Is it our sons? Yeah, it is our sons. What I I would like to see them win it this year for Chris Paul's sake, but no, I, I, of course I don't watch a ton of NBA basketball, but, but anyone that knows me knows that since I was a child, the only thing I watch when the TV's on is sports center. I'm getting highlights. I read the new, I know what's going on. I know who plays where I could, I could, I could rattle you off right now. The entire Oh four Pistons roster. I still have it committed to memory with, with Corliss Williamson and Horace Jenkins and Darvin ham. I know all the guys, I know the entire roster this year. The point being is with this team, yes, they have a cornerstone piece in Cade Cunningham. It's a huge part of it. When the Detroit Red Wings a couple years ago were literally setting records for being the worst team in the history of the sport of hockey, I was the first one to tell you they sucked. They were unwatchable. They were bad. They had bad players. It wasn't a good product. And I'm just the I'm just giving you the same speech. And it's not it, it's not meant to be dismissive i understand where the pistons are i'm not stupid i'm just telling you for the sake of conversation when we're talking about these teams in detroit they are the pistons are the least interesting i don't care that they have I, Kate Cunningham. Not they're not, well, they're that, not that, entertaining. That, that grabs, that's where you might have that's to reword it wrong. that's where you're wrong that you just 23 games they, 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 they were they were tanking they had had the best superstar in the city it's not close either but my point being is as far as that's the team not, that's is concerned, as far as the team is concerned, how many nights I've been at Little Caesars Arena where the Pistons are either losing by 40 come the third quarter or they're the up by 20 and they lose by five. Nothing, 10 minutes in. The, the, wing, the wings have been much better to watch listen, than the Pistons have listen. been this okay. year. Okay. So that's fair. No, one's, no, one, no one is just here. Pick and choose or that. Just the Pistons – after the all-star break, we're competitive the whole time. I get what you're saying, Rabs. I, I actually agree with your, like, main point. To say the Pistons aren't interesting, this is incorrect. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you got to reward it a bit because, look, I failed algebra. No, he's had to retake it. Saying they're not interested. I just – Kate Cunningham. I just – yes. I, I, just, I think if you say they're unwatchable, that's one thing. But to say they're uninteresting is a different thing. And so I want – I, I will go with unwatchable. I, so I want <laughs> okay, – But Kate Cunningham's fair. fun to watch. I, I like watching Cade. So I want to throw one more thing at Collins in particular, but obviously, Rabs, I want your opinion on this too. But, like, Thank you. before we move on from Pistons – and then we can go talk about a much more interesting team in the Tigers. Yes. I look at this roster right now, Collins, and I see Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Marvin Bagley. If they resign him, they should. They'll be stupid not to. And then Isaiah Stewart. I think those are four guys who I can pencil in for the starting five next year. You're missing one spot. And and if you're if you're out on Stewart, I kind of get it. Like if you're like, okay, Stewart's coming off the bench, I can work with that. My point is, my, my, my simple point is, those are your four best players, in my opinion. You, you, you can now work in a guy like Paulo Bancaro, 
Jade and Ivy, although I don't like Ivy. And again, we'll have months to talk about this kind of thing. But my thing is, does that not instantly raise this team? If this team is able to get a top three guy and then the team's mentality is able to shift from let's tank to get the top odds to let's try to win as many games as we can. Let's not sit Jeremy Grant for the last 10 games of the year. Does that not instantly make this team 10 wins better? And we're at least in like the 33 to 40 range where it's like, actually interesting i just want to know collins like do you agree with me? i don't i don't think that's the conversation yeah i think so um i i'm still lower on badly and stewart i think stewart's a nice bench piece he's really good on pick and roll defense um he's a nice guy to have like you you, you can see that his like work ethic and he he i'm not saying like he's i just know i i, I don't think he's a starter on a good NBA team. Oh, and that, so I, I think, I think he's your energy guy. Like one night I was, I was a little hammed up and I was looking at Dennis Rodman's stats from the two, from the, from the bad boys, their first championship. And like, he came off the bench that year and his numbers, I, I think it was like six points and nine rebounds. Again. Like, I think that's something Stewart could give you when this team's actually ready to compete. So yeah, I, 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 mean, I subscribe to that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I haven't like he's not like a game changing defender, obviously like Rodman, because Rodman was like the best defender of all time. Right. Best. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited about all the teams, except the Lions, because the Lions right now are at the beginning of their rebuild. I'll be excited who they draft this year until they figure out the quarterback situation. So I'm excited about all the teams. And I think Rabs where the resentment comes, Rabs, I think for the Pistons, is because I I, I Katie Cunningham has gotten a lot more media attention than most cider has in the city of Detroit. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not resentful about that. I think I you are. I, I promise you I'm not. I do. And I, I do. think you're a little resentful. You've had to go to a lot of shitty Piston teams. Yeah. I, it, I mean, I, like I will say. The game, I, you're like, oh, I got 20 minutes to kill. I, I, let's see if it's a nice basketball. Very, it's like very, Corey Joseph sucks. That's yeah. To be to be very transparent, I will also say the operations of the Pistons games from a, from an operational standpoint, in, in terms of what I have to do for work, I loathe the Pistons games operationally. <laughs> that that's a that's a contributing factor. I will tell you a team that I do not loathe is your Detroit baseball Tigers, as we Woo! just mentioned. Uh, big win tonight with the two run homer for Spencer Torkelson. Tarek Skubal, unbelievable outing on the mound. We'll get to all that crap. Um, the Tigers right now are four and four after taking this game tonight from the Royals. Uh, they will finish up the series on Sunday. So two more games to play here in Kansas city. Um, and they will come back home against the Yankees. Um, the first thing I want to talk about before we even, I guess, do Tigers. And this could be, maybe we can have this bigger conversation and loop Tarek Skubal in here. There have been three times this year two of which with the San Diego Padres and one you saw the other night in Los Angeles with Clayton Kershaw. Two times the Padres have taken a pitcher out of the game that have had no hitters, I believe going into the seventh or after the seventh inning. Are you talking about the Dodgers? And then then the one that really irked me was Clayton Kershaw getting pulled out of the game after seven perfect innings after throwing 80 pitches. I and, is and this why reason, you said this is why you text us and we're like, I yes. want to drag the game of baseball. Yes. And, yeah. and, well, and everyone we can, does. We can loop this into the whole Tarek Scooble thing because I Trent texted in the group chat tonight when Scooble was pulled at 90 pitches that there was two outs and whatever inning he was in. And, and so we'll get to that. But I out guys I was when I saw the Clayton Kershaw thing, I was disgusted. 
it, it, it truly is like, I, I almost feel like I'm losing the sport that I love in baseball. There have it's only been gone for only a while, been, big boy. There have only been 23 perfect games in the history of the sport of baseball. And Clayton Kershaw, who's been in the league for over a decade, over a decade, who went to school with Matthew Stafford, you're going to pull Clayton Kershaw out of a game. He's never, he's throwing a no hitter. So if you want to take him out and like even still, but to take him out with six more outs left to get at 80 pitches for a guy that's been in the league for 10 to 15 years, who's won a world series, who's done it all, who's won the Cy Young, you're taking him out for, for what? So, so you can save his arm. Like he's 20 years old. I just thought it was, I just, I just grabs. I hate how it's so painfully obvious. That's what I hate. It's like, it's like the second it hits 80 pitches. uh, What's his name? Uh, The Dodgers announced yeah, Dave, Dave Roberts. Yeah, yeah, Dave Roberts is on his way. It's like, dude, the, it's it, it, it's it's finite numbers that these guys. It's just so painfully right. obvious they have their nose in a in a laminated, uh, you know, of it's the mat- algorithm. It's, it's, the it's game a, become an algorithm. Even and I'll even take a step back. I was bitching all last year how now on the broadcast and on the social medias they'll say when no hitters are going on. They'll. Say, I'm a big. I'll never say it. My, I watched my brother in my house ruined Justin Verlander's no hitter at home because he talked about it. My dad and I didn't talk to him for weeks. I, I, that stuff I can't stand <laughs> this, this whole pitch count crap. And if we want to roll us into the school thing now, hey, before you're missing a key piece with the Kershaw, then he should have finished the game. I thought it was bullshit, but yes. he's had elbow issues the last six months. So, so if he lets up a hit or a walk, you pull well, him out I, in the I, Raps, I agree with you. But if you talk, if you, it sounds like Kershaw was fine going out. Which is, well, he said, he said all the right. My, man, my manager's an idiot. Why I should have been able to well, finish the game. That's the thing. He said all the right things. He thing. literally said it like three different times. He's like, what's happened the last six months? I don't feel comfortable necessarily pushing it right now. He's, I, it sounded like it was more Kershaw's. Than Robert. Well, Collins, the case, no, then no, fine. Collins, I, I watched it happen twice with the Padres. They took their guy, you Darvish. They took out during a no hitter, and the they lost the game in, in extra innings or something. Or they no hitters would walk off. A perfect but game, even, even still. But no, I mean, no. I agree, is, Raps. I agree with you, but I think the I, I'm not even like rationalizing. I think if I was Kershaw, I'd be like, get the fuck off the mound. Like seriously, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah, but Collins just nailed it. Uh, listen, no hitters is one thing. Collins nailed it. Perfect game is a completely different thing. Like, there's only been 23 in the fucking 150 years. Yeah, been, he's in the, yeah. yeah. yeah but the Honus thing is, I, I, I think around for a getting, I think more people should be getting on Kershaw for that because it didn't seem like he gave. He really didn't care. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. I don't I, know. He's like a guy said looking at the long term, and you look at this Dodgers team and. A perfect game means nothing, I think, to Kershaw when it like his legacy. It means a lot for his legacy, but it seems that he's more invested in having more longevity and making more money, which is fine. But like, whatever. I just, I, 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 everyone's like yelling at Dave Roberts. It seemed like a Kershaw thing. If Kershaw said, "Hey, I'm good," I think he would have stayed in the game. Well, I also heard some stuff here. Some I act like I have like sources in the Dodgers. Uh, no, I I just like 
there were also rumors that apparently like it came from up above, like it came from like the, the front office. Well, of the he doctor. probably has it, a pitch limit. Yes. No, no. Did. That's what I'm saying. Collins. I think it's like painfully obvious sometimes that the analytics are taking over because of the circumstances of when these things. Yeah. Come. Like what are they taking into account? How much water the guys consume during the day and how many well, calories he's got. They in probably, them? Are, baseball they probably are. Has plummeted from popularity. All this bullshit. This is why. And I, I understand the thing about the Torshall thing. I understand the reason, but shit like that happening is why baseball is not the same as it used to be. This is not, sure. it's not why it's not covered on sports center the way it used to be when we were like 10 years old. Like, well, so I want if you guys, Miguel want- Cabrera was hitting for 3000 hits in 2008, the tie, the sports center would be doing live look-ins. Because like, yeah, that's yeah. what they used to do with Ken Griffey Jr. when he was trying to get 600 on a bad Cincinnati team. Like, yeah, that used to be, like, like the, the second highlight. The home the run band. race, too. I want your guys' opinion. I guess this is kind of shifting gears, but what 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 do we think? Because we haven't talked about this. What do we think about the shift getting banned next year? I like it. Dude, I'll tell you what, the shift saved the Tigers' ass tonight. Yeah, seriously. With that, with the, was it Scope that jumped well, up and grabbed No, it was Scope, Scope's vertical saved the Tigers' tonight. I don't <laughs> think the shift is going to be completely banded. I think they're the way they're going to do it is you can't have three guys on one side of the infield. Yeah, yep. That's so what you can still be. play like deep and I think short left if you want or whatever, right. I mean the, the shift the, the shift truly is the it's all dependent on what side what side your team's on. I mean if if your team's on offense and you got a guy like Alex Avila who rolls every ball over to second base, like then it's like it's brutal to watch. But there's times where it saves you and you look like a genius. I, I think that I think a big a big part of baseball kind of coming back and being more entertaining is more hitting. Like people people want to see hits. And unfortunately you know, and I'm I, as a guy that played baseball, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I could, you know, I could put the ball the opposite field. It is kind of strange sometimes how you watch these professional hitters like they're they're so they're so pull heavy that you, you really can't poke a ball the other side of the field like you're supposed to be a pro. So that stuff always bothers me. But I don't think it'll be good for the game in the sense of you're going to bring more hitting in. But I, I don't you know, it's it's such a it's one of those things that I really have no opinion about, which is I know is a, is a, is a bad angle to take when you're doing a sports podcast and you're supposed to have opinions about everything, but I see both sides do it. I think strategically, if you can give yourself an edge on defense, why not? But at the same time, it is the biggest buzzkill of all time. When you watch someone on your own team hit into the shift, but it saved the Tigers tonight with scope being that deep, playing that deep and, and getting up to grab that ball. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, that's I, fine. I, mean, I, I just wanted your guys' opinion on that. But yeah, hey, let's talk. Let's is. talk. Let's talk about our Tigers. Can yeah, we? let's talk. Let's talk Tigers. Let's go back to opening day. Um, Friday it looked like it was an awesome time. Um, Collins, you were there. How was it? It's great. I mean, I don't know what's it called. You say you haven't. I mean, you were down there, right? Perhaps? I didn't. I ended up not going down there. Um, I just the Masters was on, and I was like, you know what? I want to watch the baseball game for my. I wasn't been off the booze since for Lent. So, you know, there was, well, really that no made sense. Then. You probably shouldn't go down there if you're not yeah. doing that. I had um, the opportunity to go hold the flag though on the field. And I'm kind of pissed. I didn't do that. It was awesome. Terrible. Was anthem, by the way, we can talk about that. So great bad. win, whatever. When I like the lions are Kenyon, the city of Detroit. Like I truly believe that. Tigers are a close second. Opening day in Detroit is like on another well, level than I, I think, any other event I've ever seen. Collins, I think the the generation above us would even argue that like the Tigers are the because no, the they, generation they above, had well baseball is more popular than the generation above us. I think yes. the generation above us likes the Tigers more, obviously. 
and they're more they're obviously more cynical about the Lions, but football is just more popular. It just is. So I'm just it is just from like 6 30 in the morning to like game time. It's just great. It you feel like you're at a big like college football tailgate, and you don't really get that sense a lot when you go to pro sporting events. Like you you'll go to a Lions tailgate and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's like on a different level. And it matters. Like, I feel like in some cities, opening day doesn't matter. It matters in Detroit. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's something I will be doing probably every year. No, it is really cool that for the sake of the podcast, we had at least one of the three of us go there. That's that's pretty cool. And Collins, that was that was your first opening day, correct? I've never been to opening day before. I was yeah, and you, and, you were, and you were mind blown. And Collins, let me ask you, what was your reaction as soon as Javi hit? Like, did you know that rule and what was? I was in right field. I was in the bleachers, so I couldn't see it. Okay. But I I didn't know. Well, the people who were sitting like to the left of us were like, oh, that's a hit. Like, because it was pretty obvious it hit the wall. Right. So I don't know. It it was a great time. Loved it. Um, only thing I met, I didn't get a hot dog. I got too drunk and I forgot to eat at the game. <laughs> so that was a tough fight. Wait, did you have that. one of your Minute Maid daiquiris? No, dude, dude, they don't have the long daiquiri things anymore. I had a couple oh. Miller Lights at the stadium. That's wow. That, I, 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 I'm a Minute Maid like frozen lemonade. I don't want the daiquiri. I don't want any alcohol in that. <laughs> I just want the frozen lemonade. But I didn't get one because, I, like I said, I got a little drunk and I just kind of forgot. So good time, though. Well, hey, the Tigers are four and four, Rabs. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just I, nice to see Comerica full too. It was fun. Yeah, and now I mean, you kind of hit that lull when it gets to April and May because you got a lot of the games that are at like one o'clock during like the weekdays and stuff, Dude, and it's hard for people to get there. But Miggy's a hit. I really hope it's a night game when Miggy's at three thousand because I didn't look at the schedule, but if he hit, gets like his three thousand hit on Tuesday against the Yankees at like one o'clock, that's gonna suck. Well, the, the, the good thing about the Yankee series is that the first two games, Tuesday and Wednesday, are both at 640. So I I, I, Miggy, I Miggy chased for probably six to eight games last year to see the homer. I mean, I drained the bank account. I will do it again this year. I remember I'm that, Rab. That was awesome. I will, I will do it again this year. I'll tell you. My dad the, had a conversation today about it. We're like, okay, so yeah, I mean, you how kinda, many games I mean, can we go to? Yeah, so <laughs> we'll have to – we're going to have to kind of – you got to figure that because the, the, the tricky thing is, too, is – you know, he could get two hits in one game and not even expecting it. You know, he's like, he's like, he goes three for four one day and it, no one's even there, like thinking it's going to happen. But yeah, like yesterday, way, he went three for four. He could do it any given night. Exactly. Either way. um, Yeah. Back to opening day. Just just an awesome game. Awesome way to kick off the season. It always I don't know if I'm way off on this. It always seems like when the Tigers win on opening day at home, it's always in like some weird theatrical fashion. I feel like like there's always some they've memorable. Had, they've had some really moment. nice moments. Yeah. Like the, the last Maggie home run in the snow last year. There's there's been some moments. So um the awesome Prince and uh I think they went bat to bat Prince and V Mart and it's the socks and they Sounds killed familiar. them. Yes, yes, that did happen. They killed them. So they've had some moments on opening day. Yeah, I mean, you, the first series you open up with, you, you you take one game out of three from the White Sox. The White Sox, obviously, the the standalone favorite to win that AL Central this year. Um, and, you know the 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 ten to one loss. It just that, that was tough, like same old Tigers type of deal, but whatever. And then you go into the Red Sox series, same thing. You win the first game, you drop the next two. Um, and that's kind of where I think a lot of 
a lot of question marks popped up for me as far as the lineup that we'll we'll get into in a second. But hey, I mean, so far you, you've won you've won the first two games against the Royals. You're four and four. Um, you know, to, to me, it's still so, so early and maybe that might be just a cop out for a lot of the things that you're seeing so far, but, you know, I was having the conversation tonight with, with my, uh, my dad, my uncles, and one of my cousins has a group chat. We I mean, they, everyone literally watches every Tigers game. It's awesome. But, um, you know, Candelario and scope are two guys that I think always just seem to figure it out later in the year as far as the bats are concerned like scope was really 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 slow to start the year last year so i'm not so much and he ended up and he ended up getting extended rabs i mean yeah exactly so not not so much concerned about that i thought Tarek scuble who had a a, a rough outing by the standards that you would have thought he could have lived up to this year's first outing but i mean he comes back today i mean he pitched a gem today true yeah no seven strikeouts right yeah, I mean, and in, in, just, in the one inning he let up the run. You had two errors by Harold Castro, who looks like he's like me out there playing. Well, okay, in the field. so I, I've got I've got words about that because I just think <laughs> at some point you gotta start your best nine, and I get so frustrated. Well, Javi's Javi's hurt. I so I I, I get that they that's where the hole is at short. And, I, and that's yeah, that's the thing with and I I guess I'll save the I want to save like the bulk of the lineup talk, but you know, part of the thing to me is you carry three catchers. You could be carrying an extra infielder and in Willie Castro potentially, you know, again, and Willie Castro's bat needs some work. And I think triple A is the spot to do it, but a Willie Castro or a Kreidler or a Zach short, just to give you some def- defensive insurance, because look at, look at who they carry on the infield. I mean, if you, if you want to talk infielders, Miggy can only play first. And the only other guy that you have on the bench is Harold Castro. He can't play anywhere. I'm sorry. He can't. So when Javi's out, the outfield. Yeah. I do. I don't need him in the out, but yeah, second, you're right, Colin. Second's probably a better spot for him, but nonetheless, that's that's kind of where you're at. But I think so far through these these first eight games, guys. I mean, to, to have a win like you had tonight, where you see Spencer Torkelson hit the two run bomb, and then I mean Jimenez hit, pitches a great inning, and then you throw Michael Fulmer in there to close, and two awesome plays on defense to close the game out. Um, I, I really can't ask for much more. I, I'm just, I'm very excited to watch this team and you've had a couple nice hobby moments. Torque finally gets the monkey off his back, gets his first hit. Then I think he's gone deep twice this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and, and there's some, you know, there's uh, uh, Meadows has been great. He's been your best hitter by far so far. My, Victor Reyes, my man has looked pretty solid so far. So oh my I, God, I'm dude. Not... <laughs> I, yeah, dude. How do you I'm mention happy. Victor Reyes before Miggy when Miggy's hitting like and three? Miggy's been tremendous. Yes, Miggy. Because we're tremendous. that numb to Miggy's greatness, Colin. No, I so understand good. that. Rabs is the most selective <laughs> guy of all time. He a couple nights ago he texts in the chat. He goes, "That's why I want Reyes." I look at Nate Reyes's numbers. He literally has like two hits this year. No, and he's, I, and he's I look, batting just shy of three hundred. I think he's hitting he's better right than there. Robbie Grossman. Seventy two set. Well, Robbie Grossman's Grossman hurt now. So Bobby Grossman was also one for 17 why, before he got argue, hurt. I, I like Victor Reyes. I don't – you guys will always have these arguments and stuff. Victor, Robbie Grossman is one of the best nine guys in your lineup. You can look at other guys, maybe Akil Badu, if you want to go down that road, yeah. whatever. And well, that, that needs to be discussed. Akeel. That needs to be discussed at this it's point. It's early in the year. I'm not going to judge any lineup decisions, and they've had injuries. I'm just – it's so funny when Ravs Victor Reyes gets a mention before Miggy, who's hitting like three fifty right he's now. He's been he has been tremendous, Miggy. I will I will I will give him that. As far as as far as pitching is concerned, I mean it is kind of hard in some of these games. Like you know you're down. I I'll tell you too. The umpiring has been 
fucking terrible. Oh, it's been horrible. Like, it's, it's like been terrible, horrible, terrible yes. for the especially in when it comes to the Tigers pitching. Like it is, it has been terrible. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, you'd probably like to see Casey Myers get off to a bit of a better start. His second start wasn't as bad as the first. DL um, now. Yeah, now he's he's got soreness, and I get it. You know, I so no harm, no foul there, whatever. Tyler Alexander had a tremendous outing. I I, tell him, I want to tell Michael Pineda, like, fuck your visa, stay home. Don't need you. But it'll be nice to have him in there. You can throw <laughs> Alexander in the bullpen for sure. Listen, I when you look at, like, what we've seen, that, I guess I got to zoom out here because through eight games, I think the Tigers are exactly where I thought they would be. And I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm the Oracle here. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but dude, there are 500 through eight games. Is where I, thought I thought they would maybe win that White Sox series. I thought they might get swept by Boston. And then, you know, you're, you keep your head above water. This is exactly what we need this team to do until they're able to get Riley Green back into the fold. And then, like, I don't know, Rabs and I are on the train of, you know, move Grossman, get depth, whatever. We can argue all day about that kind of stuff. The Tigers right now have won some games that they shouldn't have won. They, they, you know, they've stolen a couple games and they've also had a couple pitching gems where that has propelled them to victory. So it's kind of what I've expected to see from the team. I don't know. I'm curious as to Collins thoughts, because he's been a little quiet this far, but like my ultimately I love the hobby bias signing on both sides of the field. I told you guys, I texted you guys somewhat tongue in cheek. I'm going to love Javi. I'm going to be annoying about Javi all year because he's going to hit that slump in July, and I'm going to turn a blind eye to it because I love what he's done so far. <laughs> I love Austin Meadows. That has been an absolute yes. home run signing, no pun intended. Miggy has been great in DH. It seems like he's actually been focusing 100% of his attention to hitting the ball, and it's been incredible. He went three for four yesterday. We forget how great this guy is. And then, of course, Torque today with two of your three hits and you win a two to one ball game. So we get, we'll, we'll talk about the pitching in a sec, but I've been, I've been really impressed by the additions of the team and the changes we've seen this year. And they're about where I thought they'd be. Now I think a sweep of the Royals as we're now two and zero against the Royals is on the table. And then, you know, roll the balls out against the Yankees, give the, give the Tigers another, I, I guess, litmus test to see where they're at. Because then, of course, the Rockies come to town. And that's you know way ahead of ourselves. But Collins, what are your thoughts? I just pitching. I'm a little concerned by the starting pitching so far. I think that's basically it. Because I'm not going to worry about the hitting. Because usually, as you see with these major league guys, especially with a short spring training, that starting pitching usually for the first like at least month of the year is at a higher clip than it usually is once we get into the warmer months. So. I'll wait another two weeks before I'm going to be like, maybe they need to do something with a Teo Badu. Maybe Candy needs to see something. Like, maybe they need to shake it. Like, I'm going to wait a little bit. So, um, starting pitching, Mize going on the IL, I never liked that, especially when you got some sort of thing wrong with your shoulder, elbow, or something like that. Never liked to hear that. Well, that was weird, though, right? Because, like, he finished yesterday where he should have, right? Like it, he, he, get... said, he said he went out for his morning throw and he didn't feel right. So Okay. Yeah, just soreness. Well, so it's you bring one. up Daz Cameron, right? That's the guy who gets yeah. – Yeah, he's on their taxi squad. So, I – I like Scooble. I'm fine with uh, like that start against the White Sox. That's a really tough matchup for him. Like they just kill lefties, kill lefties. So that's a tough they matchup do. for Scooble. He Good looked call. great tonight. Um, Erod is that be a little bit? I mean, Erod got screwed too in that Red Sox game with terrible defense. My biggest takeaway is 
defensively, they've been horrible, which is something this team can't do. They were bad last year, too. But, That's like, you, like when Javi's in the lineup, he's a above-average shortstop. Like, Candelardo's an above-average third baseman who's played awful defensively this year. He made a nice play tonight. He's I want terrible. to say, Collins, I, to that point, because I actually agree with you, but I, I do want to say to any of our listeners who watched that game in the Red Sox series where Erod started. Dude, the, were, umpire, the umpire it, had well, fucked Erod two two games. The two games he's pitched, the umpiring has been terrible. No, I, I think Erod, Erod will pick it up. He's going to take off. He'll I'm not worried about it. I'm but, just saying the – they're defensive. They were terrible defensively around him. Well, I just want to say for that for that that second start Erod made against the Red Sox. I mean, that game turned on a dime when Jamer missed a long throw to first base, and I think I think there were two outs in the innings at that point. That would have been the third out, and yep, he pulled off the bag, and all of a sudden it's. But then I'm watching the game and I'm seeing visible puddles on the field. The game, I'm and I'm I'm not gonna bitch about whether the game should have been played or not because the Tigers rallied in that game and ended up making it interesting. But I'm just simply saying, like that's kind of you just caught I'm up that break there. I think that was a fine yeah, outing yeah. for me, Rod. Like I, I'm just, I mean, Badu misplays a ball on outfield yes. today. Yeah, Willie. I mean, Harold Tasho with one of the worst errors you're ever gonna see in Major League Baseball. Well, that's shortstop. Shortstop's a problem right now. I mean, because if Javi can't play. I'm not worried about that. When they get Javi back, it it is what it is. But, like, in general, defensively, it's like a team thing. And Candelario, who, I like, historically is a guy who's been a really good defensive third baseman, has been terrible. He made a nice play tonight. I'll give him credit for that. And, I I, I mean, maybe he just needs an off day to get reset or something. He just hasn't looked good at the start this season yet. So, and he does this. Him and, you're right, Ravs, him and Strope going stretches where they look like they can't, they don't know how to play the game of baseball. And then they have months where they're, they can't get out. So yep. this is just kind of who those guys have kind of been the last couple of years. So it is what it is. Um, My main takeaway though, is I think this team's going to just kind of be above 500. I think I, I, I was really optimistic about this team possibly getting on that level where it's like every night I, I I'm expecting a W I just think I've really been happy the way they've handled their bullpen. There's been a couple of guys that yes. I, I, yes. I, I, I've been surprised with Jimenez is lo- Jimenez looked great tonight. Yep. Joel he's Menace been, he's been good all season. Really he's confident. I love the, the strikeout, the strikeout too. the thing with Joe that I loved is he gets, he gets that last batter. Oh, two in the eighth. And he comes right back and throws a breaking ball for a strike. Like I, I just I think the confidence, something about the him. Fastballs, the movements there too. He had a year. great spring, from what, so, from what I hear. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Like I mean, tonight. I mean, I don't think Fulmer had his best stuff tonight. I mean, he had two great defensive plays, kind of bail him out, and then he strikes out the last guy. So I mean. I think this team's going to beat up on bad teams. They're going to struggle to beat good teams because they're just one of those teams going through it. I think the main takeaway, though, with uh, all the moves they made this offseason, Meadows has been fantastic. Yep. He's not going to keep up this pace because if you've watched the Tigers, I think he has like six blue pits. Like he's just not going to be catching these breaks. Yeah, they go like really high in the air and drop like two feet. Yeah, like he's going to have more extra base power too than I think we've seen so far. Um. But he's been awesome. He he never really has a bad at bat. That's like my main takeaway with him. I think 
when you have Javi healthy, I think the main thing, and you saw in that Red Sox game when he hits that awesome home run, the Tigers for the first time since Miguel Cabrera when he was right and Victor Martinez have a bat in the middle of the lineup you have to pitch around. Like, you can't throw fat. And, and Avi Baez will be one of the most frustrating players on this Tigers team, but he will all things will be forgiven when he does stuff like he did against the Red Sox because he can do that. You can't throw him fastballs in the strike zone. Yep. You really yep. can't. So, uh, and, and you could get him out in a lot of different ways. I'm not saying he's like a generational player, but for the first time in it seems like forever, the Tigers have finally a bat where it's like you have to, like you, he can ruin a game. Like if you if you throw him a cookie, he yeah. he can circle the bases and torque. So far, I mean, that was an awesome moment tonight. That's probably one of the best Tigers moments I can remember in the last five to six hey, years. Great call by Shep too. I do have to say, no, dude, I, I I'm not. I he's been whatever. I just I'm over it. I'm over. It. I I just can't do no, it. No, I know you guys aren't big Shep guys or <laughs> Gibby guys or Jack Morris guys or Gibby's they're guys. all they're all terrible. Let's just not. <laughs> Teddy's been better this year. My uncle, guys. my uncle David, does not like Johnny Kane. Dude, I Johnny. What is Kane wrong did, with your uncle David? I, I don't hate Johnny Kane. It was it was tough watching the. I mean, him doing Pistons play by play. Can we? I'll can we? That. Can we take a quick pause to talk about something on that note that we should have mentioned a while ago? How about Natalie Kerwin, by the way? Yeah, shout, shout out. out. Can we yes. clap? Hang on, I gotta put my mic down so I can clap. Trent, can you send her this? I can. I will. I will absolutely. I just want to. I mean. Talk about talk about Good a for stud. Her. Talk about a stud. My God. No, yeah, that'd be I, cool. hey, That's hey. like actually crazy, bro. I, like, yeah, I, I haven't like seen her on a, what's it called? a ton of. I don't think she's done like a Tigers game, or I think she, oh, she might have helped. It was an opening day. Her coworker, I coworker her, Devin like, Gardner, is on the sidelines. Yeah, I think they're breaking her in a little bit. But to go from like one year out of state to having that job at Valley Sports Detroit. Just credit for her. She's doing hey, that. I got she two does. words. I got two words. Spartans will. Queen, <laughs> Queen Kerwin. What a and Natalie's like yeah. the nicest person in the no, world. No, shout out to so. Natalie. Obviously, we all worked with her. We love her. She's a great person. Yeah, she fantastic. works her ass. I mean, Trent, you knew her way better than us, but she's just, every time you came well, around her, yeah. she's just dominates. a super nice person. She dominates. I had, the privilege nice of, I had the privilege of covering MSU basketball with her for a year. She works her ass off, man. I mean, she she <laughs> she just no, knows but what she's like, doing. He, I, I there's a lot of people like Trent will attest to this and Rabs knows this too, who are like in that sports journalism major. It's a very competitive thing. Yes, yes. A lot of egos. Tough to root for. No, no. People can be kind of assholes. Natalie is not one of those people. Definitely oh. just like salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. One of the really, really, really good people. Yes. So yeah. shout out to on yes. behalf of the Motown Rundown podcast, which is still an 89 Impact 89 FM podcast. Yeah. Uh, hey, how are you? We would like to congratulate Natalie. Yes. But hey, Fantastic. One, one more thought that I have, and, and, and Collins, you kind of alluded to this, and I guess I want Rab's thoughts on it before we take this conversation wherever the hell else we want it to go, because mm-hmm. that's how we do things here. Javi Baez was signed for his glove. I will die on that hill. So his bat, no, was, no, no, his his bat is a plus. Anything he does that if he hits above two sixty, I'm over the moon, Collins, because he gives no, you a. They, top. It. they signed him on a six year deal for his they glove. Didn't sign him for hundred eighty million dollars. I know. I, but, but Collins, you remember how bad we were at shortstop last year? Wait, 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 Trent, I blacked out. What did you say? What was I said Javi Baez signed Javi for his glove. 
He instantly, he instantly. No, it's makes, a part of it. It's a part of it. Yeah. No, it's, but what I'm saying is it's like 70, 30. It's like most of it. Like he, he, he was, no way, dude. Collins. He's a gold glove guy. He, uh, he, no, he, I don't disagree with you. That's yes, a part of it. But I you, think rem- you Collins, you watched the tires last year. You watched how bad Zach short and, and Willie Castro were up the middle. You, and I just think it was a whole like vision that Alavila and maybe even Chris Illich had was like bring in Tucker Barnhart, get a better shortstop, whether it be Correa, Baez, whoever. And then, you know, you've got Badu in center. You're going to get Riley Green at some point. You're only as good as you are up the middle. And I just think that Javi Baez is a guy who has shown you already that he has gold glove ability at short. I remember his first at bat with the Tigers, Collins, you were there on opening day, was a swing out of your shoes strikeout, which I thought was – was only fitting, and He's I'm just saying, if he can hit 265 and give me give me uh you know B plus A ability at short, I am a happy man because you didn't overpay for a six year contract. You 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 got him at great value. That's all I'm no, saying. I, I it's very early, and Javi is going to be is. one of the most. I think. Every like Tigers fan over the age fifties and I have points this season where they're gonna hate hobby. Yeah, he swings like a caveman. Every every pitch. He, 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 he really does. I, I have a joke with my roommate about how like he literally just like destroys the air. Like he's like a Jedi. He just like, like he, he had a home run and Hinch Hinch's first thing he said in the press conference was he also walked. Like he that's how impressed <laughs> he was that he walked. That's just how he yeah. I mean, Javi Baez almost won an MVP two years ago. So, yes. I, like, he has – That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. sides of the ball to be awesome. I get what you're saying. I, I don't I, need to argue I, Here's, I here's my thing. My thing with Javi, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due to Trent, of you said in the group chat that he's going to be very hot and cold. That's just how he is. You know what I mean? Like, he's – for every for every big moment, he's going to give you one where you kind of scratch your head. But I, this is this is my thing with Javi Baez that – He's won you two games this year already. Well, the the thing the thing that I love about him and and to look in hindsight of this whole free agent class and particularly the shortstop position, Javi Baez is one of those guys that is just like, I don't want to say he's must see TV, but when there's highlights of guys like being goofy and the gamesmanship, like Javi Baez is checks a lot of those boxes to where he's like he's he's fast and Trent. I I would actually. I just think Javi Baez fills that hole of you of like, he's just a player, like the guy, like he's a baller. He, he really is. And yeah. And you look at how weak the Tigers were up the middle last year with right. and, and that, defense, that's just my thing defensively, is Castro wasn't getting it done for you. Defensively you've, you've seen his range and you see the kind of plays he's capable of making. And, you know, I, I think back to things like the, the one play last year where he gets that little dinker, he runs halfway to first, he starts running back to home the Brewers freak out. Whoever they were playing freaks out. He goes from first, like first to second, like those kind of things where he's just like, he, he kind of drops your jaw a bit. And he's, he's the spark plug guy. Like to me, Carlos Correa and granted, like maybe we can have the conversation when we give both of these guys some more time with their new teams. But, but Carlos Correa to me is like a safe, makes the routine plays. You know, he's going to get on base. You know, he's going to probably hit around 300 and you know what you're getting but I just think Javi's like that spark plug player that just gives the lineup energy and gives the fan base energy that, you know, Correa, there's a certain level of energy that comes when you're watching a guy get on base 
every three out of 10 or getting a hit every three out of 10 times. Brad and making is the same plays. thing though, But I, I think Javi's a bit more flashy. And for oh, a team for sure. that's been somewhat bland, it, this is a, it's a really cool spark plug and you just got to know what you're getting with Javi. It's he swings like a caveman, every pitch, the ball he hit at Comerica the other day, that thing was out of the ballpark in half a second. Torkelson also mocked his today too. Like those two guys hit some piss missiles. But that was ins- like I was audibly. I was watching. I was at. I think I was working WWE Monday Night Raw maybe when I, when Javi hit his home run, and I and I just wait. Raw was in Detroit. Sure was. I remember was it the day the- after WrestleMania. It was it was the show after WrestleMania. Yes. Yeah, so oh that- my god, dude! Monday. When do you tell me? I didn't know you wanted to go. I was there. I was working. Was it electric? Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. God damn it. But unbelievable. I mean, just just two great swings from those guys. But well, hey, if we're gonna shift yeah. the if we're gonna shift the conversation to torque real quick, I think the, the the real question is like I I had this conversation with one of my buddies yesterday. It's like, what's the floor for how many homers he hits this year? Because I put it at twenty, and that was that was before he hit us tonight. So, I don't know. Torque, Torque to me, like he, I'm so glad he finally got the monkey off his back with the hit because he was pressing hard. He just he got, swings big, man. Like obviously yeah, but, breakouts but are there and everything. He's but. got, he's got to settle in a bit, but dude, when he, when he can catch the ball, like he did tonight, like he's, he's dangerous. He's yes. that's, and that's why you drafted him. Like he's, he, he has that type of swing and that type of power that can legitimately change the game with one swing. So I think as he settles in a bit more, I, I would just, he, he needs to, he needs the hit for average. Like if, if you can, if that's a guy that you can eventually hit, put in the four spot, it would be just, just absolutely tremendous. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to make too many, throw too many opinions out there on torque as of now, because before he got that first hit, he looked very bad at the play. Yeah. Six strikeouts and eight appearances. Yeah, yeah a, a couple, a couple brutal plays in the field too. As far as you know, it's like God, dude, like how many? Like, do you not play first base? Can you scoop the baseball? But he's been better. He's just got to settle in. But yeah, I, I think you know from from what you've seen. I mean, you just saw tonight what he can do with his bat. He's just got to find it consistently, and that's you know consistency is the hardest part of playing any sport. But I mean, all all in all, there the, certain certain bats need to pick up and. Colin said it. It's it's too early to 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 be doing this, but you know the, the Tucker Barnhart's capable of more than what he's showing so far. Um, Candy looks a bit like almost disengaged, like he's just like not all there. And Scope, he's you know, had really bad at bats. Yeah, it's what I, he's just something is just and Akil Badu. The only the only guy that concerns me, I'll tell you, the only guy that concerns me as far as like I think Barnhart's a pro. He can figure it out if he can bat two fifty. I'm having a I'm eating jelly beans. You won't. If you he won't. just takes five pitches, Ravs, I don't he can, care. But, dude, Barnhart – I mean, granted, Barnhart did play in Cincinnati, but as far as that ballpark is concerned. But nonetheless, if, if he can get up there, Candy and Scope will find it. The only guy I'm concerned about Badu. is Akil Badu because of – He's looked he came, awful. He came out of nowhere last year. He had a tremendous, tremendous year that nobody saw coming. And I think the sophomore slump, for whatever reason, is a real thing. I think everyone blew their wad over him. They started selling the jerseys. The Badoo jerseys are everywhere. I get it because he's a fun, fun player to watch. But his at-bats have not looked good. He's a mess in the box right now. His approach has been bad. 
I, and I, I think that that's a guy I loved. I loved when they sat Torque down and played Harold at first the one day and let him breathe. I think we're, we're coming up on that for Badu where he's just got to settle in. And I think he's like almost mentally, he might be trying, I'm just saying this, I know nothing about the guy as an individual human being, but he might be kind of chasing that. Like I need to, I need to follow up what I did last year with, and maybe he won't have another year like he did last year, but I, I, he's, he's so talented as far as his raw ability. He's a guy, he is, he needs to settle in. And I could see that being a guy that you might unfortunately have to send down when green comes back. And if he's not all there, but that's the only guy guy I think it it could, could struggle. That's where I completely diverge because, and, and, and I don't want to get too far into this because this is kind of across that bridge. We come to it type of deal. Sending down might be stupid. I think Akil Badu, we're eight games in. I think Akil Badu just needs to settle down a little bit. His he, he hit a great triple. Obviously, probably shouldn't have gone for it. Should have just been a double, do his thing. That was in the Red Sox series. Or maybe it was the White Sox. doesn't matter. My thing with Akil Badu is, like, he hit 265 last year. Is he able to do that this year? I think so. I think he yeah, will. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, so I'm not, he's not a guy that I'm necessarily looking at to like take a step. And maybe I should look at him through that lens, but I'm not just because I think what he gave you last year was good enough. So it's like if he hits 265 again this season, that's good enough. And I just think it's attainable. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, I, it's, I just could, I can foresee him struggling. That's Rebs, just, I'm that's in the all same boat as you. That's all I it just, is. The thing about Badu that made him awesome last year, it wasn't even the power stuff, like getting balls on the ground, like getting balls in play and just having good at bats. He just hasn't really like tonight. Maybe he gets a double on a uh, uh, and and maybe they told him in the dugout because I think the guy before him he swung at the first pitch, but Badu swings at the first pitch and pops out. I'm like, dude, have some sense of like the moment they finally got some traffic on the base pass. And you're swinging at the first pitch. It's kind of weird to me. I don't know. He's just, I don't know. Badu, he looked defensively. He's like not looked great either. So I don't know. Well, this way, I, I like Badu. I think he'll figure it out. But I mean, I feel more comfortable with Reyes out there in center field right now. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I, coming I, around. Colin. I like Reyes. You guys are just <laughs> wrong about the grossness then. I don't know if we're wrong. He's had you some have good hits. Your basis dude, of the he's... argument is you like Victor Reyes' potential. Hi, hi, Mrs. Bally. Yeah, she's hi, been Mrs. trying Bally. to get noticed for the last few minutes. <laughs> Shout out. Mrs. Bally. Uh, but, anyway. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i not concerned about the Tigers lineup. I Just pitching, there's been things, I said it earlier, that have concerned me. And I, I touching on the bullpen before we go off on something else, I liked how the bullpens looked, especially with all the injuries. Like they had that one game in Boston where it kind of fell apart, and that one game against the White Sox where it kind of fell apart. Other than that, I've liked. Yeah, well, well, Collins. I mean, the only game they haven't been in is the ten-one loss to the White Sox. Like even when they're losing, like the nine-seven game to the to the Red Sox, they they at least came back and fought. And like there's there's just there's some element to this team. And when you add guys in the fold like Javi Baez, when you add a guy in like Torque, who you know obviously had a big had a big moment tonight. Meadows, there's always that like looming threat now with this team of like someone can get this thing started. Eric Haas, like there, there's there's that looming threat of with with one at bat, there can be a big hit and they can build off of it, and they're good enough now 
to where they can put pieces together and stay in these games. So to your point about the bullpen, absolutely. You get Funkhauser back, you get Pineda in the starting rotation, and you move Alexander back, Willie Peralta. Like you're gonna be able to to make some moves here to where you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to send some pitchers down to AAA where they might belong. It, like as far as if you look at the t- the the bigger picture, they might belong there for now. Um, Joey Wentz, whenever he's healthy or whatever his so 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 I really think that the bullpen can only get stronger as far as the what your I think the floor only gets higher for your bullpen as the year goes on with injuries and the Pineda situation and, and all that. But the only, the only other thing I cared to touch on um, was, was the lineup situation. And I don't know how much time we want to spend on it. And it, it, it's, it's look, I, I understand th- this is, this is not something that I want to spend all year bitching about. I already, well, told wait, you are guys, you going to talk about the lineup or are you going to talk about AJ Hench? Well, I, I, I guess it, it's it's a conversation. I don't think Rav's like Hench. I just want that out there. Both both of them have to be talked about in the, in the same breath. And I guess as far as a look, as far as AJ Hinch is concerned, if the Detroit Tigers are winning baseball games and they're winning more games than the previous year, he can he can start an elephant on the mound. I don't I don't care what he does. He can bring in a guy with one arm or no arms to pitch. I don't. It doesn't matter what he does the thing i struggle with and i this is you know credit to me for being a bigger man and taking a step back <laughs> the, the, game, the game of baseball now has has become so begrudgingly could also not be a word has become so finicky with the numbers to where to me i think aj hinch a lot of times takes away some of the flow of the game and flow of the lineups and consistency of, of players as far as being in the lineup and letting them play because it's like, so because every time this guy comes in the pitch, this guy has to play to me. It's not, it's not always, it's not always black and white AJ. Like you can, you can play, you can let lefties hit against lefties. And that's the thing to me between your, like your Victor Reyes and your Meadows and, in, in some of these guys that it seems like he's so reluctant to allow to hit and be in the lineup. Well, and listen, Rabs, I think, I think there is a gray area here. And I think it, it's, it's up to the baseball nuances to like decide whether it's black and white and all that. My thing is I agree with you in the standpoint of like a guy like Dustin Garneau should not be pinch hitting for a Badu in the bottom of the ninth in a game where you're kind of rallying in that second game against the white Sox in that series at the same time, I think you and I agree, and I think Collins agrees. Spencer Torkelson needed to get sat in that first game. Against great. The yes, it was it was so, smart. So there's some of this where it's like I can get behind it, and there's also some of it where I'm like, what the hell are we doing? But that to me, the, the Torkelson sitting is like a human element of the game of recognizing he's a rookie, he's struggling at the plate, he's probably overwhelmed because he wants to get a hit here at home to, to be his first, sit him down. I have where I have the issue is with a, with there is a certain element to baseball of you need to be in the lineup multiple days in a row, getting swings, getting in a rhythm to make something happen. And when every single day, it's like if AJ Hinch just can't. Who are like, you talking about, Rabs? Tell I, me a specific guy. I I'm You're talking about Victor Reyes. I know you are. A lot. Well, a lot of it's Victor Reyes, but but my point is Eric Haas does not need to play left field 
Collins. Ever. I agree. I, I agree. agree with, I also think I'm on the same page there. I also I don't know why they they carry Garneau. I don't and, get so, that. And so okay, so so back to the 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 holistic view of my point. What I would like to see from AJ Hinch, and I, this is just how baseball is. It's like everything is an algorithm, and all comes down to a number. They have so many advanced stats on these guys that they know who they want to hit against who and what pitchers are pitching against what batters. I get it, and I appreciate that baseballs come this far strategically, but. When, when you have guys like a Victor Reyes, for example, who when, when Victor Reyes, when the guy, and, and Collins, I'm just, I, it just is an example. This is why you're mad. I know you are. All right. it, but, but I'm my point in Meadows, the one game two where Meadows didn't play, he's your best hitter, dude. He's batting 400. Well, listen, AJ Hinch, AJ Hinch said some bullshit about like, this was telegraphed before the season. Yeah, like, the first knew. 10 games, he had the lineup picked and, out. And that's, yes, and that's Collins. And you said that the other day in the group chat, and it's a, it's a, I get it. It's a smart thing to say, and I understand it. But there, I just – I struggle when it's like every single day – the lineup, it doesn't have to be different. AJ Hinge can never just copy and paste the lineup into the next day. And maybe you might think he's he's he has some unbelievable foresight in that regard. I just think that certain guys, especially when you have a younger team, need swings. Meadows, who has been raking whatever way, however he gets on base, he's been hitting well. I don't care if they're bloopers, but you like you sit him for no reason. You're playing Eric Haas and left. Dustin Garneau, I'm sure he's a good man. And I believe come May 1st, doesn't the roster get smaller by a couple guys? And there's just one. I don't think you can but, have people in the taxi squad. But but Dustin, Dustin Garneau, you you have two catchers. You have Tucker Barnhart, who you signed to have to, to be that defensive stronghold for you. He has not gotten the bat together as of now. Um, Eric Haas, who is not a tremendous defensive catcher, he has. I mean, I said it last episode, he the guy always seems to find a way to have these unbelievable hits where they're throwing the graphics up of them and everyone's going crazy. He does, he's a good man, he does not need to play left field. Dustin Garneau adds nothing to your team offensively, defensively. When Dingler's ready to play and Jake Rogers is back from injury. Those are your two catchers of the future. Why Dustin Garneau is getting at bats, why he's up, why he's playing when you already have two catchers. It makes no sense. If you want Eric Haas in the lineup to hit, play him behind the plate. Rams, would you rather have would, would you rather have Dustin Garneau on the roster or Grayson Griner? Jeez, dude. I would <laughs> I'd rather play with zero catch. I'd rather have Brandon Inge catch every game. But yeah, that's that's it, it, it's just you were definitely kind of a Brandon Inge guy, weren't you? Huh? Were you were you a Brandon Inge guy? Because there was two thin like that. I think was maybe one of the after, biggest debates. A, after he hit zero home runs in the home run derby, I couldn't stand him. He embarrassed the entire city. I was always a negative runs. Hinge guy, even though he's the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen. Hinge, yeah, no, but but look, AJ Hinge, he he has had proven success, and the 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 cheating thing always rubs me the wrong way. It always will. I'll never be able to get over the fact that he cheated his way to a World Series. But I Who digress. Cares? If they, oh, Rams, if they you win, called Bill if the Self. Tigers win. You called Bill Self a piece of shit. Bill Self, Bill Self is a notable scumbag, and he's also <laughs> balding and has hair plugs. But beside the point, I if, if if the Tigers win baseball games, I don't care. I think AJ Hinch has been very very good with the pitchers this year. I did disagree with him taking Scooble out at ninety today, just because he got the ninety. I won't spend too much time on that. Um, 
but I no, I mean, it's it just this is the way baseball is. Every team's doing it. You could be the Rays where you throw a guy out to pitch one inning and then you take him out the opener. The Rays invented the opener. That's asinine to me, too. This is what baseball is, guys. It's numbered. That's the, alg- the algorithm. You're going to hear me talk about the algorithm all year long. It's just Fugazi, Fugazi. What is it? It's yes, nothing. And algorithm. You also told all of our listeners at the beginning of the season, you said you're going to bitch about the outfield all year. Yeah, yes. The out- and once, to be dude, fair, once, tr- you kind of held it together today. Trent, once, I'm telling you right now, when, when Riley Green is healthy and he's, and he's in this lineup every single day, I'm going to have to watch Victor Reyes sit 10 games straight because they just, that's the, that's the thing. Robbie Grossman gets penciled in like he's Babe Ruth every day. Like no one even thinks twice. I'm, we're not game. doing this again. We're not doing this again. But I digress. Let's move on. That's all Let's... I have for Tigers. Are we I, done? I, we can. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. We're done. All right. Uh, Tigers play the Royals tomorrow, uh, 4-10 on Saturday. And they play all on right. Easter Sunday. That'll be nice to watch the Tigers on Easter. Cool. Yep. Go Tigers. Fuck the Yankees. We're going to uh, stay above 500 here. All right. Trifecta? Are we doing that? Are yeah. we doing Lions? No. No. I, I mean, I – yeah. No, I, yeah, how about this? I've got a Lions question. <laughs> okay. That's my trifecta. Just, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Let's get in. Trifecta, thanks for coming. Question one, I am going to open this up to you guys. As a a Detroit Lions season ticket holder, Mm. I have been renamed. (laughs) Rod Wood has renamed us Lions Loyal members. That's what it is now. There you go. That is now the program. It is now hashtag Lions Loyal. I have the opportunity to get two free tickets to the Lions draft party at Ford Field. Do either can I get either one of you guys as a taker? I have to RSVP by Thursday. I need to know. No shot. Zero. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. You want to be in the building when we take a an offensive lineman at like 32? <laughs> hang on, hang on, Trent. So the Lions draft party is in this this year's draft. Yes, and two weeks from yesterday. What, what, two weeks what from date? Thursday. What date is this, Trent? The 28th, Thursday, the 28th. Dude, uh, oh. so it Trent, it, it ends a, at 10. Hard shut off at 10. Trent, I would actually tell you I, I would go. I think that would be cool. Okay. I will, I will – Rabs, I'll have my people get with your people about that. No shot. I you will go. <laughs> but, dude, Trent, I, Collins, this could be the biggest loser fest of all time all that time. I'm walking into. Like, yeah. This, this – <laughs> You'll never see me at that. You get like, to be I, on the field. I'm gonna be. We're gonna be on the field with Detroit Don and the Crack Man yeah, and all these. Collins, guys. Collins. I might. I don't know. If I, I can wait. Post wait. Is Red Iron gonna be there? Probably. You want to come now? I already said yes. I got the ticket. <laughs> I said if yes. If Red Iron's there, can you guys get his information? I would love to have him <laughs> on the show. Yes, dude. Yes, Collins, Collins. I, I Trent, Trent. I will go with you. I think it's a cool thing to experience. This is going to be the biggest loser fest of all time. Yeah. Okay. So I, I can't wait till they take Kenny Pickett second overall. I'll walk out. I'll walk out of fourth. Yeah, I'll leave my, I'll leave my Matthew Stafford uh, DH gate Chinese Jersey on the field. I'll walk right out. Okay. So to our listeners, to our listeners, we will we put a get pin a in line. Can we get George to film? <laughs> we get him a media pass? Seriously. I'm, perhaps you got me dying. Listen. We will we'll put a pin in this. We will keep everyone updated on this. Oh my we'll God. Also I, Trent, I have revisit, to go. We will revisit Lions draft stuff next week. I need to go to this. It needs to be talked about. So I'll check that one up the list. I'll pencil in wraps. Dude, I'm in. I'm in. 
Tell your brothers to kick rocks. They can watch it at home. All right. So since that was a Rabs heavy question, I've got a Collins heavy question for number two. Collins, are you more likely to buy an NFT or watch a Star Wars film? What is more likely? Neither. Dude, what's the problem with Star Wars? I have no problem with it. Star Wars, Rabs. I, it. I, it's no. like how he says Chipotle. We've already been over this today. It's not even that. It's just one of those things where I feel like I'm way too late to the party and I can't jump in. Yes, but what I'm saying is what's more what is more likely? Like just give me an answer here for this. Probably story. watching a Star Wars movie. There's there's a 0.0% chance I ever buy an NFT. <laughs> and I and I could be wrong with this. I don't understand it and if I don't understand something, I'm not investing my money. <laughs> okay, I I get that. Okay, so that was a quick one. We'll move on. <laughs> Thank you, Collins. Um, final question. We got Easter coming up this uh, Sunday, and of course, we support all religious beliefs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's okay. on we do not happy Passover. Not. Happy Passover. Yeah, happy Passover. Passover. Family. Yeah. Get the mana shots out. Happy Passover. Happy, happy Ramadan, Passover. Happy Passover. Happy Friday. Family. Whatever you celebrate. But there is a such thing as quote unquote Easter candy. It's an unspoken deal. Oh, I know. Boy. I know Collins is not a chocolate guy. So I'm leaving chocolate. It's a big chocolate of- holiday. No, yeah, I'm, it is. But, I'm, but what I'm doing is I'm leaving chocolate out of the equation. So I'm going to Rabs and Collins. I want it. I want your vote. Would you rather eat jelly beans or peeps? Jelly beans. The Starburst jelly beans are fire. <laughs> Trent or Collins, that's probably one of the smartest things you said on this show and the entirety we've been doing this. The Starburst jelly beans. I will, I will not. I don't. I, I the the, the, the peeps, I just don't like marshmallows like that. So in, that full, in full transparency, this is more of a like, do you like peeps question? Because everyone likes jelly beans. I think. I think like no, that. no, Trent. I will tell you, my least favorite food in the entire world is the black jelly bean. Well, sure, but that's one flavor out of twelve hundred. But I, I don't necessarily, I would say that jelly beans in general, I, I think if they're not the Starburst ones, I struggle. The black jelly, I'm nauseous just thinking about the black jelly bean. That's criminal. That's what they should feed, like, sexual predators hey. and murderers. And what, How, often, how often do you actually see black jelly beans? That's my thing. Every like, Easter, okay. dude. My mom loves them. My mom loves them. Good and plenty's black licorice. It's a, it's a psycho. That's like anyone that is seen in a, you know how they have those little, you put the quarter and you spin the dial. Yes. It's like the mall. There's a hundred options. Anyone that is seen on a video surveillance camera going up to a machine and, and picking out the good and plenty's and actively taking a scoop of, of black licorice, they should be arrested on the spot because that person is at one point or another in their life will be or has been a serial killer. Okay, so you are clearly going with jelly beans, even though your least favorite food on the planet is black jelly beans. Yes, the Starburst jelly beans are a different breed of jelly bean. They're really Standard, good. like off-brand jelly beans, I don't really care for. But people that don't like peep, like I think people just pile on to the peep thing. Because it's like, I do. it's like a trendy thing. Well, that's what yeah, I'm doing. Rabs, I'm I, here. Answer the do question. Do you like peeps, Trent? I love them. Do you like go out of your way to buy them? That's the one thing with no. candy. They also cost that's, dollars. Yeah, and they're dude, not no good. One's, no one's they're going not- to the store like, oh, do I want to eat peanut M&M's during the movie? Or do I want a whole bag of peeps? No one's doing that. They're only around on Easter. No, that that then they're not good. They're just point blank not good then. Peeps are not just an Easter thing. They're around all year. But who's eating peeps all year? Who's eating that's jelly beans point, all year? Labs. That's that's who's the eating. Point. Do we like candy corn? No, no I don't like candy. Candy corn. corn's <laughs> good. 
I'm not a can't. I don't you hate. You guys are it. young. That's it. why you don't like. You guys are too young. You, okay. you guys need to mature. Rams, Rams, do you actively not like peeps? Or are you just answering the question in terms of like? Jelly? I just told. I, I just peeps. told you peeps I like terrible. peeps. I just told okay, you. Okay, so like peeps. okay, peeps or candy corn? Candy corn. I thought we were talking about jelly beans. Jeez. No, we were. Jelly beans, I, candy corns. How about this? I, I use my that pivot all, foot there because you kind of like. Candy corns are jelly beans, but not all jelly beans are candy no, corn. You're not going to do the square rectangle thing. You're not going to do the square rectangle. Prime man squaw. What was the question, Trent? What are you asking me? The question that I have on paper in this big bold box in the upper right corner of my paper, good radio, is jelly beans or peeps. And you guys mm. both clearly valiantly answered jelly beans. Starburst I jelly like beans, regular though. jelly beans too, Rabs. Dude, fuck it, peeps. I'm gonna someone's gonna stand <laughs> up for the peep, the peep uh, Yeah, community. but like do you peep. actually my whole point, Rabs, is <laughs> table uh, Easter candy, whatever. Like you got all your chocolates, you're definitely gonna hammer those. You're gonna get the Reese's chocolate edge, yeah. you're gonna get the chocolate bunnies, you're gonna get Cadbury. you're you're gonna take care of your business there. Yep. And then you get to the other parts, the sweet parts of the jelly beans, you might take a couple of candy there. There's no way you're grabbing for something to be good. You have to like choose it. You have to be like, I really enjoy this. Peeps are like, even if you like don't mind peeps, they're not good. I'll give you that because peeps are like, I'd like to have a peep. Like a peep won't hurt. No That's one likes where peeps. peeps no one wants some. Dude, I, but I, I, I like, I don't mind marshmallow. I like the peep. I like peeps. Marshmallow is my favorite. Like, we're, we're, this is this is I'm an lying. apples to oranges argument because jelly beans. You don't just eat a, an jelly bean. You eat several. You put them in your hand. You shake them up a little bit, like your dad eating peanuts, watching TV, standing up in front of the TV. You eat several jelly beans. Peeps, like now, Collins. I'll give you that. I'm not gonna sit there and eat six peeps and rifle them off in a row. I'll have one or two peeps and move I on. Will. And that's I'll probably it for peeps. Okay, well, that's all. That's all I had. I just was curious because, you know, Easter's coming up and there is there is like a niche category for Easter candy. So I just kind of wanted to take the temperature of hate peeps. I'll tell you guys, though, I and I know that Easter's not about me, but my God, has it been a struggle with this whole Lent thing? I could not be more excited to just eat my face off with candy and sweets on Easter Sunday. Are you going to have a beer, too, on Easter? Um, I probably won't because it's the Lord's day and I, so something <laughs> doesn't sit right with me about drinking beers on maybe a little red Easter wine. Sunday. I could get into the sheesh. I could be convinced to, to get into the sheesh. Well, did you, just gave up be, all the, you gave up all the sauce, right? I gave up everything. But, and, and the thing is, I will say that this is the first year of Lent. I'm proud of myself because I really, I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't sniff meat for any of the Fridays today included. I got through the last Friday of Lent. And I was pretty damn good about my Lent as far as what I gave up. This is the first year that I've really stuck to it and done well. I'm proud of myself. People forget on Fat Tuesday, I weighed in at a weight that I'm not going to say because it's embarrassing. I'm down you 17 forget. pounds since Fat Tuesday. That a boy. Down 17 great, pounds. Right. That's actually you incredible. Much. And you know, you know, I think you look fantastic. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Before I have, go to bed. I know, me too. Before Rabs brings us home, I gotta say, Rabs, we went over three on the things you said were gonna happen. The dogs did not come into the room. Your right. mom did not come into the room, and your dad did not come into. Also, the room. like one a.m. Right? Yes, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rabs. Been a sling of hours. 
All right, guys, that is it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, submit any questions, comments, concerns, or suggest topics for the show at our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We're also on the Facebook. Just search up the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, follow, like us, say something nice in the comments, or don't say anything at all. Thank you all for listening. We love you very much. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Whatever else you celebrate. Ryan Collins already left the stream. (laughs) See you, Collins. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.